0: Welcome to Dear Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Samatia. I'm a painter and founder of Dear Artist Podcast and Support Circle. I created this podcast as a means to collect and share love letters from artist to artist. I believe each and every one of us has a unique message and meaningful story to tell each other, no matter where we came from and how far along we are in our journey. I also believe that when we tell our story, we're not only helping and encouraging other people, but we are also learning about ourselves and healing ourselves in the process. I hope you will find peace, encouragement, empowerment, and most of all, lots and lots of love from each episode. If you would like to learn more about the podcast and our support circle. Or if you would like to collaborate on a project, you can visit dearartistproject.com for more information. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome back to the podcast, artists. This episode is sponsored by our very own Dear Artist Circle, an online gathering space for artists who are looking for meaningful conversations and deep creative learning. During this quarantine period, Dear Artist Circle is keeping our doors open to welcome any artists who are in need of support and connection. You can find out more information and join us at dearartistproject.com. This week, I'm very excited to introduce you to Adrian Nieves or Addy. Addy is an artist, activist, writer, and speaker. She is also a founder of Tesara Art Collective, which serves women artists of color in the greater Philadelphia area and beyond. Eddie has prepared her love letter for you, and before we get to her love letter, I want to read this writing from her website, which really spoke to my heart. As an artist, my mission is to disrupt your definition of normal. Recognize the richness of the colors around you. Create art that not just evokes emotion, but sparks dialogue and self-reflection. My art is a means of protest, but it's also survival and expression, exploration and discovery. Now let's hear Addie read her love letter to you.
1: Dear artists, First, I hope you know that as a creator, you have the power to terraform new worlds for humanity to exist in. You are a documentarian of the present, but also a channel for the future. You are our scry, creating portals for us to envision possibilities and ideas that we might not otherwise have fathomed on our own. The expression of your creative voice reveals to us experiences that provoke introspection examination of who we are individually, while also reminding us of our shared humanity. The bounds of what you can create for yourself and for others are as infinite as the expanse of the universe itself. You are the access point. Second, I want you to remember that you are an artist, so you need to own it. You don't need art school or gallery representation to validate your identity as a quote unquote artist you get to decide what kind of life and career you want. You're in the driver's seat, as they say. You can also make whatever the, well, you know, whatever you want, so do it. You don't need permission from anyone but yourself, honestly. You might need more material resources or opportunities to bring your creations into existence, but you do not need permission from any external source to just start. Trust your creative voice and where your muses lead. Develop, trust, and abide by your own definition of success. And finally, to my fellow artists, whom society marginalizes and tokenizes, those who navigate intersecting identities and the systems that oppress them, please allow your art to take up as much space as you deem necessary. Take up every ounce of space you can unapologetically and know I'm right here next to you doing the same. In love and solidarity, Addie B. Thank you, Addie. So beautiful.
0: I would like to have you introduce yourself to the listeners um, in any version you want. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, well, as you said, my name is Adrian. That's my government name. Um, but my artist name the name that I tend to go by online even uh you know my nickname uh with from my family from my husband mm-hmm. um in particular is Addie. Mm-hmm. Um and so online you'll find me as Addie B. Mm-hmm. Um quick interesting story about that name. Uh Addie is actually a family name on my maternal side. Uh my great grandmother her name was Addie Bell Lily
2: mm-hmm.
1: and she went by Addie B. Mhm. And she was a kind of like a unicorn. Um, she was a black woman living in Philadelphia during Mm -hmm. the thirties, forties and Mm fifties. And during that time she owned a candy shop. She was a business owner. She was a huge patron of the arts in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Um, her brothers were artists. They were sculptors. All of her daughters were artists in various disciplines. Um, and she pretty much used her candy shop as also like a community organizing space. So the interesting thing about this is I she died before I was even born. Mm. And I never got a chance to meet her. Um, but you know, my mom and um, you know, my mom's cousins, they did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did not grow up with my mom. I, my parents were divorced. So I grew up with my father. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't know a lot about my mother's side of the family growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, and even when I moved, I eventually moved in with my mom and stepdad when I was 17. And so, you know, I learned things about my mom's side of the family. Like I, I knew, I learned that, you know, they're, artists of all different disciplines. You know, I, we have singers, we have musicians, we have dancers, Mm -hmm. we have seamstresses, fashion designers, you know, you name it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I knew, you know, our lineage, um, you know, there's a, there's a rich, you know, I come from a line of artists basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I knew a little bit about my great grandmother, but I didn't really know very much at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And it wasn't until I was in my mid-20s, I started not just kind of exploring um, other sides of my creative voice, but I also like started, you know, I got really into like magenta and fuchsia and like hot pink, like Mm. all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. And I was very into, um, you know, these bright, bold colors and Um, I started exploring other parts of my creative voice and I started painting. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And, um, right before I started painting though, I met my husband or, you know, at the time he wasn't my husband, but, um, when we started dating, he gave me this nickname. He started calling me Addie instead of Adrian Mm -hmm. and, I, the only other person who I'd known as an Addy, what, or who was an Addie was, uh, my a first cousin or sorry, she was my second cousin, my mom's first cousin. Mm-hmm. And she was named after my great grandmother, mm. but she was the only Addie I I'd, I'd had any reference for. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that was the only kind of, you know, I didn't really think anything of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and after about my husband and I have been dating for about six months, my mom came to me one day and she said, "You know, I have a question for you." Mm-hmm. And she said, um, "Where did you get Addie from? Why does Bert call you Addie?" Yeah. And I said, "Oh, I don't know. He just he he gives nicknames for everybody." Yet. Mm-hmm. I was like, "And you know, he he just said he wanted to call me Addie instead of you know Adrian."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. I was like, "And you know, I'm kind of glad because you know." I, when your name's Adrian, you get tired of hearing the, yo, Adrian, <laughs> <laughs> you get tired of the Rocky references, you yeah. know? And, um, yeah, I said, well, you know, why? And she was like, well, I just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just curious because, you know, I've been watching you over the last year or so and you're mm-hmm. like really into like pink all of a sudden, like I hated pink as a kid. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this was definitely like a departure.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, You're into all, all this color and you're, you know, you're, you're, she's like, I don't know. She's like, and she's like, and you're, you're, Bert's calling you Addie. And she's like, I don't know. She's like, you're just really reminding me of your great grandmother Mm. whose name was Addie. Mm. And I was like, what? Yeah. (laughs) And that's when she kind of started telling me about who my great grandmother was. Oh, yeah. Wow. and you know my mom is very very Christian. She's a pastor, mm-hmm. and so I know she would never say like, "Oh my God, you're channeling." It's like you're channeling <laughs> your grandmother, right? She would never say that, right? But that's but, her own way of saying that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, she would never say it outright, but yeah. that was her own way of mm-hmm. saying, well, mm-hmm. "This is this is freaking me out a little mm-hmm. bit." Yeah. Um. And so you know, I definitely. Look back at that time in my life, and you know, I say that even though I never met her, I do believe that she, you know, became a guiding force in my life during mm. that time mm-hmm. and has been ever since. Yeah, but yeah, so that's 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 me, that's why I go by I tend to go by Addie, um, especially once people know me, I tell them they could just call me Addie. Mm. Uh, I'm a visual artist, um, I was the kid though in seventh grade art class whose art teacher was like, "It's okay, you don't have to be good at still life drawings. You're, <laughs> you're on the debate team. You do theater. You're great in other, you know, mm. other art things. You're a writer, you know." So I didn't grow up identifying as a visual artist. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only been painting since 2012. Mm. Um, so, you know, definitely I'm very new to painting, um, and to even just identifying as a visual artist, as opposed to a writer, like I used to for so long. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm a visual artist. I'm, I have three kids married. Um, and I, for the past two years, well, year and a half, um, I have been, Building and operating uh, this organization called the Sarah Arts Collective um, that is a nonprofit. And among other things, uh, we basically run a storefront gallery space uh, in mm-hmm. North Philadelphia, mm-hmm. which is where my great grandmother used to live and where my mom's family is from. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our focus is on supporting and elevating, um, the work contributions and practices of black and brown women, abstract artists. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, we have different pro different types of programming and, you know, we have a magazine called abstractions magazine. Um, we have the gallery, like I said, we do a free art bin where we give out, um, Free art, like small works, small abstract works, Mm -hmm. um, black and brown women artists. Um, You know, we just kind of put it outside the gallery and let people kind of take from it what they want. Mm. Um, That's been a very interesting experiment, actually, Mm. (laughs) because sometimes people take the whole bin. Mm. (laughs) Mm.
0: Um, It's a bin of art, like small pieces of art.
1: Yeah. So like small works on like either paper or canvas, Mm -hmm. you know. You know, artists tend to have a bunch of stuff in their studios, yeah, right? Yeah. Like studies and scraps and things that are just taking up space. You're never gonna, you know, you're not gonna show it or, you know, you're not going to do anything with it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I tend to ask artists, you know, hey, well if you like to just purge some stuff mm-hmm. you know, it's a good it's a great way to get people to to give people access to original work.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by
1: artists versus stuff that's mass produced mm-hmm. right at yeah. like target
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: cuz that's a big thing right everyone says oh i can't afford original art
0: mm. yeah you know? but it doesn't have to be big yeah
1: it's it a good point it doesn't have to be yeah. big yeah right yeah. it doesn't have to be big it could mm-hmm. be something small yeah but still has meaning still you know came from a you know um a very creative um you know genuine place um you know with the artist so um we do the free art bin in the hopes that it kind of just gives people a way mm-hmm. uh to access mm-hmm. original art. That's great. Yeah. Um so yeah, so that's basically that's 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 what we do. That's what I've been doing doing and what has been consuming my life the last year and a half. Yeah, yeah. Thanks.
0: I want to go back to the letter for a little bit. So I'm curious. Mm-hmm if you could share the process of you um, working on this letter, like what went through your head and why did you choose these specific messages for artists? Why do you think this is what we um, need to hear right now?
1: Well, I think, I know for me, I always need to be reminded of, of the why,
0: Mm.
1: right? Mm -hmm. I, you know, a lot of my work is about, um, you know, identity, but also about just kind of like our internal processes Mm -hmm. and behavior and kind of just what drives us. Mm -hmm. And so it's always important for me or I find that I always need to kind of just be reminded of why I create Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and the purpose, you know, in my work. And um, you know, also too, I just like I said, I started painting in 2012, but it wasn't until 2014 that I actually felt comfortable with even just, um, calling myself an artist. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just remember what that process was like. And I remember how much I agonized over it and how I was like, Oh no, I'm a writer. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm not, I'm not a real artist. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, I just wanted to share, share what I feel can kind of just be a foundational message. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something that maybe you need to go back and listen to or read, mm-hmm. um, you're having a, a day where you want to basically burn your studio down mm-hmm. or you get that rejection mm-hmm you know, or you're in a season where maybe you're spending more time outside of the studio living than you are actually creating anything,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah. And you're worried about your productivity levels or your, you know, yeah. you're, maybe you're trying to establish yourself, especially, you know, since I'm a self-taught artist, I didn't go to art school. Mm-hmm. Um, Me neither. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel it's important sometimes that we just, that we remember that we can kind of make our own rules. Like there's no, there's no rules to this artist Mm -hmm. or artist life thing at all. Yeah. Yeah. Or to having an art career, Mm -hmm. you know, like the art market and the art world are completely separate Mm -hmm. in many ways from being an artist. Yes. (laughs) Right. And being an artist, you know, can look like many different things. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of get to decide what it means to you, and yeah. how you want it to manifest in your life, mm-hmm. and how you want to, how you want to live,
2: yeah. how you
1: want to live it out. Yeah. You know. Um, so I, I just I felt it was important to uh, just kind of maybe say the things that I need to tell myself, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know it's very easy to get caught up in. In the other stuff, you know, like mm. especially if you're if you're pursuing opportunities and you're submitting your work and you're you know when you're when you're trying to have art as a career, you can get very caught up in things that have nothing to do with actually creating or yes. being an artist mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah, I mean, I totally agree, and I asked this question because when I listened to the letter it 's like oh it's really speaking to me and I have the same belief that, you know, especially in this time where, like, we're bombarded with what other people view as success, you know, and, oh, sell art, make more money. Yes. I feel like this is a very important, like, foundation for for each and every artist, you know, to, to know and to come back to, like, what is the value and you know, people call it their why or like, it's just what is why do you create like, you know, if you don't consider any other people in the world, like, why do you do this? So that's why I, I really I, I love and can really resonate with the message. And it brings me another um, question, too, because you did say about like being in a driver's seat and creating Mm -hmm. our own success path. So I think this is the topic that I'm really, really passionate about because it looks like, if we look on Instagram, it looks like there are not that many paths to artist success. Like you either be in the institution, like, you know, be selected by some gatekeepers to to get a show at some successful galleries, or Mm -hmm. you sell it, You sell a collection online every couple months and make a ton of money, you know, but I feel like there are many other different ways. So I just, I'm curious, what is your current definition of of success for you?
1: Um, It would be, it stems from a conversation I had uh, back in 2016 with um, Kelly Lynn Jones. She at the time I was living in California and she was running a shop in San Francisco called Little Paper Mm Planes. It's since closed and she moved to LA. She's an art teacher now. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the time she had just had her son about maybe a year earlier and she, you know, so she was a business owner, she was a mom and, but she was also an artist and she um, had been very open and honest about how much she was struggling in her art practice
2: mm-hmm.
1: because of the demands on her and other areas of her life. And, um, even though the shop that she was running was for artists, it was, a, you know, all about supporting artists. Um, you know, she was still struggling in her own practice and, um, we were talking one time and she, and I was, you know, kind of expressing some of my angst and frustration Mm -hmm. and, um, she, and I was saying, Oh, well, you know, I don't know, maybe I, maybe I need to go to art school. Maybe that's the only, maybe that's the only path. Maybe that's the only way I get access to opportunities and to, you know, um, you know, maybe credentials will help, Mm -hmm. you know? And she was basically like, look, I'm not saying that art school was a waste.
2: Hmm.
1: She's was like, it could definitely be beneficial. She's said, like, and for me, in some ways that you know, in many ways, it was. Mm-hmm. She was like, but it. She was like, just because you got to go to art school, that's not a, that's not a a measure of su- like of how successful you're going to be as an artist. And right. she was like, you know, and you really do have to think about what you want as mm-hmm. an artist. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, she said, you know, for me, what I'm, what I'm starting to really, um, root into is that, you know, I'm looking at artists like Carmen Herrera, Mm -hmm. who, you know, was 101 years old at the time. Right. Mm -hmm. And she's just, she had just gotten her show at the Whitney, right? you know, or I'm looking at these other women artists who were in their eighties and they're still creating, Mm -hmm. They're still, they're in their studios, right? They're mm-hmm. working, they're still churning things out and they're still engaged in their practice. And she said, you know, if I, if, if that can be me when I'm, you know, that, at that age, mm-hmm. then that to me is success. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that really stuck with me. Yep. And that has really pretty much um, what I've rooted into as well. Right, like I just mm-hmm. I've been thinking so much about longevity, mm. and what does longevity look like over the course of you know your life as an artist, and um, you know if I can with all that I have to manage and navigate you know um, as a as a as a mom, as a partner, as a person with mental and physical illnesses Mm -hmm. um if i can if i can first of all if i can live to my 70s or 80s (laughs) um and then if i can still be painting in my studio yeah that like when i think about it like i get teary-eyed like that that is success Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. that at its at its most basic for me Mm
2: -hmm.
1: that's the path or that's the goal yeah right? Yeah. Just making as much as I can and being as immersed in my practice as I can, mm-hmm. you know, until I'm unable to, or I'm not here. Mm-hmm. And then whatever is, whatever I leave behind, that's for other people to kind of go through and, you know, look at and pick up or whatever. But, you know, I kind of feel like my job as an artist is just to give everything that I can, you know, like I look at prints Mm -hmm. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I, and I think about how much he created during his life Mm -hmm. and how immersed he was, like he literally lived, breathed and ate music. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And he really talked about how music was just, it was such a part of him. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think about that yeah, uh, and I'm like, man, that's, I want to give it everything that I have. Mm Mm-hmm. And if I can do that, especially later on in life, when I'm not, you know, consumed by parenting, especially, yeah, yeah. then, you know, that, that would be incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. I also want to talk about mental health because um, I've been reading your blog and you know obviously been reading your posts on Instagram (laughs) and you've been very um, outspoken about um, stress and being overwhelmed which I think it's a very important thing to talk about you know because we all have faced that and so I just want to touch a bit more on mental health issues and like your personal experience with it in your creative life um, do you have any story to share that you think could be helpful for other artists or the way that you've dealt with overwhelm or stress
1: uh, let me see i you know people tend to ask me a lot you know like how do i how do i do it all especially like back during like 2015 2016 i was I was in the studio nearly every day.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I was, you know, just kind of com- way more immersed in my practice than I am now, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. And um, just, you know, just churning out things. And it was based off some of some feedback and advice that I'd gotten from someone um, who was an art dealer and they were they were the husband of a friend who loves my work mm-hmm. and she was just so like enthusiastic and i think she, <laughs> i think she just convinced her husband to to just take a call with me mm-hmm. and he just did it just because that was his wife <laughs> 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 um but you know that conversation did lead to some really good um, feedback and one thing that he you know told me was you know there's a lot of raw potential here he's like i just think you just need to just give your just be completely immersed or as immersed in your practice as you can be mm. and just you know create 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 and he was like and sometimes you're going to create shit mm. he was like that's just the reality of it right mm-hmm. he was but your job isn't to determine whether or not it's shit
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: your job is to just to get make out. yeah right. to just make right and so 2015 and 2016 that's pretty much all I did mm-hmm. and um so during that time, people would ask me, especially you know, like on Instagram, they would see you know stuff that I was putting out, and you know, because I w- I just would just show so much of my process, mm-hmm. and they were like, oh man, how are you doing it? Because you know, I have three kids, mm-hmm. and my youngest at the time he was only two and a half, yeah. three, right? And they're like, oh man, how are you doing it? How are you, how do you do it all? And I was just like, well, honestly, I steal a lot of time, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I you know, draw hard boundaries around um, my practice and I have communicated to my family what my art is to me Mm -hmm. and what my practice is to me and how important it is to me.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, You know, I basically have had to explain the value of what I'm doing Mm -hmm. to others. You know, I had to ascribe value to it for myself, but then I also had to teach people how to value it Mm -hmm. and, drawing those boundaries really allowed me to kind of just, you know, it was kind of like a non-negotiable. Like if I was in the studio, don't bother me. Mm. You know, Mm. um, especially because when I first started painting in 2012, it, you know, art was not a career for me back then. It was not a, um, it wasn't even a hobby. It was just, it was, it was therapy.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Part of my, 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 therapy plan, my treatment plan. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, it's very basic. My family understands that I need to create for my own mental health, right? like for my own sake, I have to, I have to create. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and so, you know, that's, I fought for it mm-hmm. and, um, I, I know that when I don't and that when I stray away from that, Mm -hmm. My, you know, that's when I start to, it's harder for me to deal with stress. Mm -hmm. It's harder for me to manage all that I have on my plate. You know, Mm -hmm. my mental health will start to, you know, take a nosedive. I'll get more, I'll be more anxious. I'll be more on edge. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, the, the, the challenge for me, whereas before I could, I could turn to art and it would be like an immediate relief and release for me, um, And helping me manage overwhelm and anxiety about other aspects of my life. Mm -hmm. The challenge for me since since starting to Sarah Arts Collective is that um, I'm definitely out of the studio more than I'm in it, Mm. and um, it's it's way more challenging. For me to um, try to use um, even the work that I'm doing for Tessera arts you know in a way that's constructive so that it relieves any feelings of overwhelm and anxiety that I'm feeling if mm-hmm. that makes sense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know when you're when you're starting something new and you're building it from the ground up um, you know it just consumes everything
2: yeah
1: consume so much of you, right? Especially, you know, because we're a nonprofit. So funding is always the issue. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's literally like having a, it's, it's like having a full-time job. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's a full-time job. Parenting is a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I remember when I, when I first started, um, to Sarah arts, uh, Kelly Lynn Jones, who I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm um, she reached out to me and she said, um, she said, you know, your art practice is going to suffer. She was like, I do think what you're doing is important. She was like, but just know that your art practice is going to suffer. And you just, you have to make some peace with that. Hmm. Um, and as much as I didn't want to admit that she would be right, she was right. Hmm. Um I had last summer I had someone ask me um you know what do you want to focus more on now mm. what you know your art career like as an artist right or your art career as an arts administrator yeah right and so it's like I have this new aspect of my art career mm. pretty much mm. um that is Has totally dominated everything else, Mm. and um, that's what I have been doing my best to try to figure out um, how to manage. Yeah, and the downside is that you know because it's so consuming, and also because I have you know I was recently diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, so now I have you know Mm. these chronic physical health issues that I didn't really have to contend with before. Mm you know, it, it keeps me out of the studio and it keeps me from, from creating, mm. uh, as much as I have in the past. And so, um, that's been, that, that's really kind of at, like the root of a lot of my, my angst <laughs> mm. frustration. And, um, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to, how to become more immersed in my practice. Um, mm. And, you know, but also at the same time, there have been times where I've been so overwhelmed that I even can't make, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because my brain can't shut off because it's thinking about everything I have to do for Deseret Arts or everything I need to do for my family Mm. or my body is just like, I'm exhausted, (laughs) right? So I've had to definitely um, make a lot of adjustments. and art hasn't been necessarily the outlet that it used to be for me in terms of managing overwhelm and anxiety. That was a very long answer.
0: <laughs> no, but it's it's very, um, very insightful. And the thing that struck me the most was um, when what your friend said about your art practice will suffer, you know, and I feel mm-hmm. like if it's your choice because you said you're still navigating your answer to that, right? Like, are right. you willing to trade that in or not? Because I'm in the same boat and I was talking to Kaylin, you know, Kaylin, artist mother, like yeah. us being multi-passionate artists, something's right. got to give, you know? And yeah. and I think the cause of stress is thinking that we could get all of it, you know? But, but once we manage the expectation, like your friend said, if we admit That, okay, if I choose to focus on, like, growing dear artists, for instance, like, you know, Mm -hmm. then I am okay with the fact that my art practice, I will spend less and less time making art in the studio, but if that is my choice, then... I will not complain when when I feel like, oh, I only have like one hour each day instead of I used to have like six hours, you know, so like, I feel right. like that is so helpful. I, I didn't look at it that way, you know, in terms of expectation. And, you know,
1: so just it's just making peace with it. Like, yeah, okay. it's, <laughs> it's I'm just going to what's and what's so funny to me is before it's, you know, it's, it's been motherhood. Mm. Right. It's been parenting that has been, you know, the thing. And I wasn't, but I, I was still like, Nope, mm-mm.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm just
1: going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I wasn't willing to yield any, I wasn't willing to give up anything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. So that my, you know, cause I didn't want my art practice to suffer. Right. Uh, and you know, for the most part it didn't, I mean, it did in some ways, but it, it definitely didn't in the way that it is now. Um, and, but it's so funny because it's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you have mothering and then you ha- you know, in family life. And then you have this other thing that you're trying to grow and build. Mm. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's those two things dominate. Mm-hmm. And so the, it's kind of like the bottom kind of just falls out. Right. Um, it's, it's interesting too. I was talking with my husband about this actually yesterday. Um because um at Tassera Arts um especially for Women uh Women's History Month, one of the artists that were focused on um studying and honoring um is Howardina Pindell. Mm, I love her. Yeah. And she's oh my gosh. Yeah. Um and I was watching an interview, um, a talk that she was that she was giving where the, both the curators who were speaking with her, they, you know, asked her to talk about this period in her life where she had what they call dual resumes. Mm. And um, it was because after she graduated from Yale with her MFA, mm-hmm. she got a job working at MoMA
2: mm-hmm.
1: as a curator and like working in the business office. Yeah. So she basically got a job as an arts administrator and then was, you know, in her spare time, when she could, working, you know, developing her art, right, mm-hmm. and being in the studio and trying to, you know, and still, you know, applying for shows and showing work, and so it's been really um, lately. It's been very reassuring mm-hmm. to hear her hear her talk about that, yeah. um, talk about these these dual sides of herself and her career. Um, and it's been encouraging to me because, you know, she's in her 70s now. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, again, it's that longevity. Yes. Right. And it's been this kind of encouragement to me, like, okay, look, you know, there's, you know, seasons and periods for everything. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's ebb mm-hmm. and flow. And yes. You know, you're going to be, you don't have to manage it all right now. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know you're, you know, Howard did it. She's still here. She's still working. Yes. Right. She's, you know, um, but you know, it even got to a point to where, um, I mean, and she left for reasons beyond just, you know, managing two different things. Um, but you know, she eventually left MoMA,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right. Mm-hmm. She left MoMA, but then she also was a founding member in this gallery. That's a nonprofit organization that, you know, supports women artists. Mm, mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, so I I look at her, I look at her career especially, and I can, I can see parallels with, you know, with my, with my own journey and experience and it looking to her kind of like as a model, um, for, you know, being an artist that has, um, different aspects to their career, Mm -hmm. different things that they're passionate about, you know, um, and different things that they that they're building, right, or that they're that they're launching, that they're mm-hmm. doing different projects um, that aren't necessarily related to the art that you're making
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, has been really um, eye opening and just kind of like a kind of almost just like a there there, like mm-hmm. a pat on the head, like mm-hmm. like yes. girl you're fine, don't don't <laughs> stop stressing, like yeah. it's yeah. gonna be fine. Mm-hmm. You know just you have to just stop thinking about you know you have to do it all right now
0: yeah yeah you know, it's sometimes... all in our own head that yeah. we're just making it up that we need to do certain things right
1: right and that it all has to be done perfectly right now yeah. or it all has to be you know i think too we when we're when we're artists And when we're doing multiple things that, you know, we expect every, everything that we do to be at the same level at the same time. Mm. And, um, I'm, I'm realizing that that's not the case. Like can't, you know, I've been painting since 2012 and, you know, over the last couple of years, you know, I've been getting more opportunities to do shows and things like that. But the flip side of it is, and what's, what's funny is like in 2018, 2019, I showed more work than I've ever shown before, Mm. but I barely created anything. Mm. But all, a lot of the work, the majority of the work that showed was stuff that I made during that 2015, 2016, 2017 period. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, um, it, that it was interesting for me to kind of look at that and kind of be like, okay, because, you know, this thing that I'm building over here to Sarah arts collective is very much in its infancy stage. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. it's, you know, kind of feel like it's just an uphill climb. Right. Um, so yeah, everything just kind of has its own, their own growth stages Mm -hmm. and the stuff that we do is not always going to be, you know, at the same level of development across the board.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. Yeah. I have one more question for you. <laughs> um, and it's related to all that we just talked about. Um, but just wondering, like, how do you take care of yourself as a mom and artist and a person who likes to do it all? Not like to do it all, <laughs> likes to do a lot. <laughs> because I could <can> totally relate.
1: <laughs> yes, I like to do a lot. Um, mm-hmm well, you know, before my answer would be, well, I paint, right? Mm. Oh, art. Um, but that's not necessarily my answer anymore. And I think, um, having to contend with a physical chronic illness, um, that has a range of symptoms and, you know, get flare ups, right. Mm. Um, over the last two years, um, Has definitely forced me to take care of myself in a way that I hadn't in the past. And um, sometimes there are just days where I just, I can't do anything Hmm. other than just make sure the kids have eaten, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, sometimes it just looks like um, not doing anything but laying in the bed. Um, Sometimes it looks like, making sure that I've taken my meds and I've gone to, you know, I keep my doctor's appointments and, you know, I ask for help, Mm. uh, you know, from my husband, which is something that I've, you know, I'm a control, I'm a recovering control freak. Mm. And, um, I'm also, you know, I used to be a single parent, so I was very much used to doing things on my own. Mm -hmm. And so asking for help is like a big thing for me, Mm. (laughs) um, that I, that I've had to learn how to, um, how to how to work um through Mm -hmm. and um you know the the thing that i think has has helped me the most especially since my youngest child started kindergarten this year and it's full day kindergarten Mm -hmm. um is blocking out my days and so you know mondays are the days that i do what i like to call domestic shit so (laughs) (laughs) it's it's (laughs) is any and everything that's home and family related. So Mm. if that's grocery shopping, you know, going to doctor's appointments, calling doctors, picking up medications, cleaning the house, you know, doing meal prep, anything that's kind of related, you know, to that, to home or family. Mm. Um, I do, I, I do on Mondays and, um, then other days of the week, um, Sometimes it, it fl- it switches around or fluctuates just based on how I'm feeling physically. Um, but, um, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I split it up between doing some admin work and then do, you know, for, for to Sarah mm-hmm. and then some studio time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and you know, Wednesdays are the days that I try to force myself to take a nap during the day. <laughs> oh, <laughs> how long, how long is your nap? Sometimes I can, I try to give myself at least an hour. Sometimes I only make it like 45 minutes because my oh, my brain, wow. is, just, my yeah. brain is, is going. Um, That's inspiring. Husband, uh,
0: I need, I want to do that. <laughs> Take an hour <laughs> nap. But just one day a
1: week, right? Yeah. You know, just starting one with I, one day. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 and I try to make it at Wednesday because when it's the middle of the week Mm. and it's, you know, I kind of look like on Mondays, I'm like, okay, if I could just make it to Wednesday, I'm good, and then on Wednesdays, it's like, all right, well, I only have Thursday and Friday, <laughs> right, you know, mm. it's kind of it's like a good break in the mm. middle of the week, mm. um, and, you know, so I, I just basically, I, I, I block my days, so each day has, like, a focus or a theme, and so, you know, if there's, um, I don't know, if we need, uh, something on Thursday from the grocery store. i just be like, well, if they can wait till Monday, I'm not going to rush out to the store right now. I'm mm. going to stay here at home and I'm going to work, you know, yeah, on, you know, whatever I'm focused on for that day. So instead of having like a to-do list every single day that encompasses everything,
2: mm.
1: you know, or doing multiple things mm-hmm. um, across, you know, different areas, I try to just stick with, you know, one theme or yeah. set of goals per day. Mm. Um, so, you know, if I have a to-do list on Tuesdays, it's usually around, you know, it's like, okay, I have to answer emails for Tessera and I need to research this one thing or I need to, you know, do the newsletter. And then it's, okay, from this time to this time, I'm going to clean my studio, mm. right? So it's just, it's it ha- I have to block things out. Yes. Otherwise it just, I will drive myself nuts trying to do all the things or get all the things on the to-do list done. Yeah. 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 So having like a master to-do list has never, has, hasn't really worked for me. So I've had to revert to, um, trying something different. And so far, um, that's kind of, there's still some things I would like to work out in terms of my day-to-day routines, but, um, over, doing, like, an overall blocking has definitely helped
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, me manage my own health and self-care.
2: Yeah.
0: When you mention about your blocking off time, do you have a specific time where you take a break? Like, a specific day where you don't do anything? Because that's what I'm figuring out right now in my own schedule. I right? don't have a day where... Where I take like where I do nothing with with work or with art, because I think it's a tricky thing being you know, a freelance artist because yeah. we kind of work and rest at the same time, and I don't have a clear boundary like you know, between work and break. So just wondering how you do it.
1: Uh, <laughs> I So I would say this is this is something I have struggled mightily with and I have uh, I have a friend in Houston. Uh, her name is Karen. She has been screaming at me about this for, for months. Um, mm-hmm. And um, so I will say, the reason why I started forcing naps was to try. It was like a baby step towards forcing myself to do nothing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, so Fridays, I tend to, or I try to do nothing on Fridays. I am not always successful.
2: <laughs> yeah but
1: set Friday as and if I do you know if I do set myself up to do things on Friday, I try to only schedule things up to like noon mm. And then I like okay, I'm not doing anything else for Friday afternoon, Friday evening, you know, and then on Saturdays I go to Sarah um, but yeah, Fridays so Wednesdays I force myself to take to take a nap at least. Mm-hmm. And then Fridays, I try not to do anything at all, other than you know watch TV. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. So mm-hmm. you know, I force myself to kind of just either get out of the house or just get in the bed yeah. and you know turn on a show or something. Yeah, but it's hard.
0: It is really hard. hard. (laughs) It's a process to figure it out because I'm not there, obviously. (laughs) So yeah, thank you for letting me know that I'm not alone. Um, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I have the real last question um, is that I want you to share with us what's next for you and what's next for Tessara Art? Uh,
1: What's next for me personally, I guess for my art, is that I am working towards a solo show in late May. Mm. Um, So, which is slightly terrifying, because Mm -hmm. have I been painting a lot? No! (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I am painting much bigger pieces, Mm -hmm. so um, I, you know, in my head, I don't have to have like 20 brand new works, right? Mm. Um, Because the pieces are so big, they're like six to eight feet. so I am, I am creating a new body of work that I, um, my goal is, uh, to have it ready for my solo show at Tassara um, on May 23rd. Mm. And then for Tassara, we are, it's Women's History Month. So we are, um, in the gallery, we have, um, work up, of course, by, um, Mm-hmm. also are playing we have like curated playlist of videos featuring interviews um with artists like Howardina Pendel, Carmen Herrera mm. uh, Mary Lovelace O'Neill um you know so basically all these videos about these great women of color artists who you know create abstract art right and who are mm-hmm. kind of like the pioneers for us Um, We have a playlist of videos that we're playing in the gallery for people to come in and watch and listen to um, during their visit. And we are also launching a street art campaign next week Mm -hmm. um, where we are um, taking inspiration from Women in the Arts, their Five Women Artists campaign Mm -hmm. that they do every Women's History Month. Um, We have decided to honor a portrait Um, on various buildings around the city Mm -hmm. Um, we're working with uh, Simone Salib who's a local street artist and muralist here so I'm really excited about that Um, and what else do we have this month our creative director Abby Beach she is going to be our first artist in residence Mm. and so the last two weeks in March she's going to kind of take over the space and work do an installation and um at the end of her two weeks uh we're going to do like a pop-up exhibition of what she created while she was in the space mm. and an artist talk wow that's so, a lot a lot yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is a lot I'm very excited about it all, but yes it is it is a lot it's a lot <laughs> yeah um and in March I mean sorry and then in April we have a we're doing a group show mm-hmm. so those are kind of like an it's kind of all the things that Tassara mm-hmm. has going on. Very busy time.
0: Yeah, but yeah. Don't forget to take a break. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Tomorrow's Wednesday, so nap day. <laughs> yeah, nap day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much Adrian it's been really fun and like you know getting to know more about you and you're totally speaking my language um about creative expression and yeah i really enjoyed the talk so thank you again for your time and for being so open to sharing
1: Yes of course thank you for having me i really enjoyed this
0: conversation
1: yeah we'll
0: talk again soon and Oh, if people want to go find you, where can they find you on
1: Instagram and um, your website? Yes. So my website is a little out of date, but it is addieb.com. So Mm -hmm. A-D-D-Y-E-B.com. On Instagram, you can find me at addieb underscore art. And uh, you can find Tessera Arts Collective on instagram as well same name um yeah. it's just our, our actual name to arts collective uh, you can also find us on patreon and you can find us on our website at to yeah thank you so much eddie
0: we'll no. go see you on instagram <laughs> bye for now and
1: <laughs> bye, bye. Thank,
0: you. thank you so much for listening to dear artist podcast if you enjoy the episode Please share it with your friends or leave a lovely review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. It will help the podcast reach more people. I appreciate you being here and spending time with me and the guests. And I will see you in the next episode. Thank you. Bye.